Welcome to the Empowered Spirit Show. This is your host, Terry Ann Hyman. I'll explore the connection to the human spirit in a way that helps to navigate your life, including crisis. I am passionate about helping you to open up to your intuition and the metaphysical world of spirit to find your confidence and your own inner guidance. Take a pause, be inspired, learn ways to show up focused, centered, and more dynamic in your everyday life. Welcome back to the Empowered Spirit Show. Thank you so much for tuning in and joining me today. This episode is being brought to you by Forecast, located in Homewood, Alabama. Forecast is a hair salon on a mission to shape a movement in the beauty industry, focusing on education, fashion, and creativity. Forecast strives to train stylists with the latest in education to provide their guests with the latest trends. Follow them on Instagram at Forecast Salon or find them online at ForecastSalon.com. As this podcast goes to air, we have just moved to the last full moon of winter and now preparing for the spring equinox coming in tomorrow. It's also the start of the Aries season. Spring, as taught in the medicine wheel, is in the direction of the east, where the sun rises each and every day, where we look for the inspiration to begin again. It offers you new hope and to plant new seeds for your path. One of the stones associated with the spring is amber. Amber carries light. It helps to release any negativity and brings renewal. It has a magnetic attraction to help you release and manifest your heart's desire. It awakens your power of choice. The spirit animal associated with the East is eagle. Eagle has great vision, bringing in power and awareness to help you move forward and manifest your path. The powers of the East that come in for spring are new beginnings and change, allowing you to take that step forward into a new world of possibilities and to look forward to what lies ahead. Change is in the air. Whenever nature is in a time of transition, we can feel edgy and impatient. If you, kind of like me, are experiencing a little bit of impatience, it may help to acknowledge these feelings rather than letting them get the best of you. Think of this time of transition with anticipation rather than any anxiety. Allow yourself to open up to all the possibilities, like that little bud just waiting for the perfect moment to burst forth and be filled with inspiration and hope. Knowing your energy, your truth, your voice, your spirit is so valuable at this time. And that's where the rites come in to help you move through all this stuff. Rites being Reiki, Intuition, Tarot, EFT, and Stones and Crystals. Finding ways to tend to the struggles of your life with these tools can help add inspiration, amusement, and joy. It can free you from the unnecessary stress that is going on in the world. All of these cosmic forces and energy alignments I talk about on my Energy Focus for the week, which you can find live on Sunday nights on Instagram and Facebook. We talk about what's going on, we align our energy, set intentions for the week, and I pull the tarot cards for guidance. Join me. As we move through these cosmic transitions, now is the time to clean up your energy with an energy clearing session. Schedule one in person or online. When you work with the energy body, it helps to release the old patterns and all that old stuff from winter. Links will be in the show notes. For when you start going within and connecting to your soul and your spirit, you will find your answers. If you are in need of some guidance, want to refresh your spiritual practice, or want to start one, join me in my Radiant Light Method, 
a 21-day challenge to radiating your light in 21 minutes a day. It's one of my Empowered Spirit programs that I am offering now in connection with membership to my Energy Mastery Empowered Spirit Sanctuary. The challenge begins on Monday, March 21st. Warning, this work will change your life. It can seriously improve your body, mind, and spirit. Side effects, yes, you may see yourself or others as they really are. You may experience loss of excess baggage, resulting in major life changes. You may become the person you are really meant to be. My Empowered Spirit Program can help you upgrade your spiritual path. You will use lots of energy tools, techniques, find ways to center your energy, and ways to raise your vibration as you release the energy drains and limited beliefs that hold you back. Spring is a great time to jumpstart your spiritual practice. Schedule a spiritual upgrade breakthrough call with me, and let's talk about how these programs can help you. In today's episode, I speak with Judy Wilkins-Smith about her work and her new book, soon to be published, Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint, a powerful guide to transformation through disentangling multi-generational patterns. Oh my goodness, what a great interview. So much of what I do with my clients in the Akashic Records can be explained in this work. We talk about your family DNA, emotional DNA, family constellations, systemic constellations, Curses, clues, patterns, things we take from the events within our family, not excluding these events, but acknowledging them and the transformations that can come forward. Such a great interview. I'm so excited to share with you. But before we get started, let's take a moment to pause, to breathe, and set an intention for where you are for this new season of spring. So wherever you are, if you can, close your eyes, taking a nice deep inhale and exhale, inhaling the breath all the way up the body and exhale all the way back down, taking another breath, calling in your spirit, presencing your energy, affirming my spirit, dropping into the heart. Connecting with the greater spirit, source, creator. Know that you are known. Know that you are loved. As we call in the masters, the teachers, the archangels, the crystal beings. Calling in the spirit guides to work with us and through us. To surround us and protect us as we open up to this new season. Standing here in the direction of the east, we honor that new beginning. We honor the sun that rises, offering us the inspiration to begin again. Calling in the directions to the east, the south, the west, and the north. Above us, below us, right into the very center, calling in to your spirit. Setting your intention to begin on this new journey for this new season. And allowing those elevated emotions from your heart to rise forward, 
to feel your auric field, your energy body, as you walk step by step through this new season of possibilities. Inhaling and exhaling, centering, grounding, focusing your energy, bringing the awareness back, coming back. My guest today, Judy Wilkins-Smith, is passionate about visionary leadership, personal transformation, and positive, accelerated global change. Judy uses her ability to understand critical dynamics in personal and organizational systems and the points at which they intersect to create growth and success. She collaborates with decision makers to implement innovative, whole system design elements, ensuring balance, appetite for excellence, passion, and sustained success. Judy is a highly regarded organizational, individual, and family patterns expert, systemic coach, trainer, facilitator, thought pattern, leadership conference, and motivational speaker, and founder of System Dynamics for Individuals and Organizations. She has 18 years expertise in assisting high-performance individual Fortune 500 executives and their teams, as well as legacy families, to break limiting cycles and reframe challenges into lasting breakthroughs and peak performance. So let us welcome Judy to the show. Welcome, Judy. Thank you. It's lovely to be with you this afternoon. Yes, I am very excited to meet you. What a great book, Decoding Your Emotional Blueprint, A Powerful Guide to Transformation Through Disentangling Multi-Generational Patterns. How fascinating. How fascinating. Yeah. Because we were starting off before we hit record, I was saying like, I do this work, but more from a spiritual perspective, working in the Akashic Records. I'm so excited to talk to you and the way in which you look at this. So as we begin, I like to ask a question like, how did you get here? What led you to this work? (laughs) Yeah, and that's that's a story and a half. But very briefly, what happened was uh, my father was killed. Um, I start and he was killed in it happened in a hospital. And in my three areas that I had trained in. So that was the end of that for me. Didn't want to walk into a hospital again. Didn't want to get back into that career. We'd moved over to here anyway. So it was like that door just went bang shut. Hmm. So I started writing books and fiction books. And I was looking for a piece of material, got hold of somebody who did this work and said, can you help me? And he said, we spoke for a long time. You come and study the work and I will help you with a book. So I went and studied the work, got no help with the book. Uh, and just, it never stopped. And I think the most interesting thing for me was if you go into the history of the work, it's based originally on Bert Hellinger's interaction with the Zulu tribe in South Africa. Hmm. And when I left the, the medical field to come and live here, the person who gave the farewell was a person who is a Zulu chief in South Africa. Hmm. And this was, I had made no connections and this didn't even exist. 
And he said to me, you may be leaving us, but one day you'll find a way to represent us in the world. And I mean, yeah, yeah. Represent us in the world. That is very, very interesting. Yeah. I would like to just kind of take a step back a little bit and let's talk first and foremost, like what is Family Constellations? Okay. So Systemic Work in Constellations, Family Constellations is the original, but Systemic Work in Constellations is the study of you within the system, systemic work, because you don't function in a vacuum. You're part of this great system or many systems. And then the Constellations pieces is a bit of a breakthrough piece. It's the dimensionalization of of the family system or of an issue that you're looking at. So typically at a live event, what I would do is if we're looking at a a, a particular issue, I might say, pick someone to represent your mother, your father, your siblings, yourself. Good. Now set it up for me in spatial relationship to each other so we can begin to see who's connected, who's not, who looks in. Who looks away? And based on that, we start to ask the questions, what happened here? When did this issue begin for you? What was happening at the time? Is anybody else in your family the same? Are there other people with similar issues to yours? If I hear the yes, we start to understand that this is a multi-generational issue. So that leads you to emotional DNA, which is is your the study of your thoughts, feelings, actions, also inherited because you don't just inherit physical DNA, you inherit emotional DNA. And that's those thoughts, feelings, and actions, right? Putting those means they live in you as though they were yours, only they're not. Your sadness or your depression may not be yours. It may be your mother's or your grandmother's or your great-grandmother's. And yet it cycles all the way down to you so that you can be the one to begin to change that and create new emotional DNA. Fascinating. It really is. And yeah, there's so much I want to comment on. I mean, I've seen, you know, I've seen in my own family patterns of my mother's women, especially, right. And where I fit into society. And now I'm starting to see like, even through my daughter, who's now is in her thirties, the way she is actually standing up and changing. Hallelujah. Changing so much of the woman you know, the female energy in our whole family. So I understand that, but that whole idea of the emotional DNA, that's just so fascinating too. And I don't think people really kind of recognize, I think we talk about more of like the, what would be like the body DNA versus the emotional DNA, but it is so fascinating. Exactly. And of course, um, epigenetically, what we know that begins this is that there's an event. The event sparks something. It creates language. It creates thoughts and feelings and actions and reactions. And if the event is significant enough, it creates an imprint on the family system that becomes the blueprint for generations of the way we act and react. And so again, we think it's ours, not so much, not so fast. You're echoing the past, not living in the current or designing a unique future until you know what lives there. So fascinating, so fascinating. You know. I came back to Birmingham to help my parents through the last phases of their life. And my father passed in 2013. And then I started taking care of my mother. I actually moved in with her. And I kept saying, I never realized I was so much like my dad. <laughs> you know, like, oh my gosh, I always thought I was like my mom. You know, I do so much like her. And I have. I mean, she definitely has taught us, but I started recognizing so many patterns of my dad and even some with my health lately. And I'm wondering, like, if when people die, 
do they leave behind energy? Do we take on energy there? Is that part of what you look at in that emotional DNA? It's kind of fascinating. Yes, yes. And the, the way that they do that often is in their actions and in their language. Be careful. Watch out. Don't do, do. Uh, you should always, you should never. But also we as kids, no matter the age, we're watching what they do and go, oh, so that's how it is when I'm 30. Oh, so that's how it is when I'm 40. And that's not the truth. Those patterns of thoughts, feelings and actions, yes, become the truth. Only it's not the truth. It's your truth. And you can change that anytime you want to. Yay. I agree with that. You can change it. I love that. I love that idea that you can change it, that we don't have to hold on to it. Sometimes I hear it, you know, kind of referred to as like even like a family curse. Right. I go, oh, my mother had it. So now I'm going to have it, you know. And so I have actually had to watch some of my words lately because I do. I have asthma and that's kind of what my dad's issue was. The breathing. It's like, OK, I need to really focus in and really kind of stop this right now because I'm tired of it. Some of it was COVID. But I don't know. Some of it may not be. And so this conversation I find very fascinating. So I want to just tweak one thing that you said. It could be the family curse. In this work, what we look at it differently is it's not a family curse. It's a family clue. Clue. Yeah. It's it's saying to you, stop, pay attention. What do you need to do differently from what's been done so far? So with all of these things where we think we're cursed, we're not. We're super blessed. We're being given clues all the time so that we can move the, the dial in a different direction. Don't do this. Move. Don't do this one. Move. Do this one. Add more of this. It's really juicy. We're getting clues all the time. You hear the sins of the father. It's not. It's the love of the children. Mm, I love that. It definitely turns that around and makes it a more empowering way of looking at it versus thinking of it as a curse. And I know I talk about it that way because it's like, don't take on that curse, right? But I like that idea of like, okay, use it as a clue. That's a really great way to reframe that. Yes, for sure. So, I mean, I work in the spiritual. You've had a lot more training in science and medicine, right? Is there evidence that can support the emotional DNA? Yes. Epigenetic studies and neuroscience studies. The epigenetic studies, uh, there are two that really pop out. And the one is the Great Dutch Hunger Winter. And the other one is the studies they've done on the 9-11 uh, mothers who were pregnant at the time. And you see evidence of the children now exhibiting PTSD similar to their parent, similar to mom. So those studies, they're extensive studies and they're very helpful because what I found is people really, the nervous system kind of calms down once you know there's that scientific piece. In neuroscience, we now know with neuroplasticity, your brain isn't wired and fixed. One new thought, one new feeling, one new action, and it starts to do something completely different. And it's literally, you don't have to go and eat the whole elephant. It's one new thought one new feeling, one new action. And by the way, we're doing that to ourselves all the time. We're doing what I sometimes call spell casting. So you look at something and you go, oh, I am so stupid. I'm I'm hopeless. I'm useless. I will never get this right. And your body goes, yeah, I can feel that. We're in harmony here. The, the heart goes, bam, and it closes. And we go, yeah, see, that's my truth. And yet we look at something else and we go, oh, I could do that. I know I can do that. I'm pretty smart in that area. I could so go down that road. I'm doing that. And that becomes the truth. 
So what, what we tell ourselves and really buy becomes the truth. Only as I said, it's not the truth, it's your truth. And we don't realize we have mastery over that. We simply have to choose and invest. We do have mastery over that. I love that. So what are some of the techniques that you work with? Do you just bring up what you discover? You just do it through talk therapy? How do you work with this? Uh, no, it's it's actually pretty interactive. So as I said, in a live event, what we will do is use live representatives. If I'm working in corporate America and um, I'm working with a, a CEO or CFO or one of those, I use pieces of paper because we, we also know that people are very well able to transfer emotions onto inanimate objects. If I don't have pieces of paper, it's whatever's on your desk. And so what we'll do is place them in relationship to each other. And then I'll ask the person to go and take their place. And by having those conversations and those pieces moving, those representatives are sensing into what we call in systemic work, the knowing field. And the way I work with it, the knowing field or, or talk about it is it's the repository of everything that has ever happened or not happened. It's all the thoughts, feelings and actions of the ancestors and their ancestors that echo down. And we have access to those. And those, the representatives then begin to respond to what's happening. And people, because it's you're engaging multiple senses, now you're seeing it, feeling it, tasting it, touching it, walking it, talking it. You begin to have an embodied experience of not only the issue, but the possibility and the solution. And when that happens for people, you see a visceral jolt and you'll see them suddenly realize, oh my goodness, I'm not stuck or oh my goodness, that didn't mean that. My mother didn't not love me. She was busy over there. Oh my goodness. And that jolt then begins a, a whole process of, so if that's not true, what is true? One new thought. Oh my goodness, my heart's open. One new feeling. My stomach just settled. I can walk. I can move. One new action. And the more that you rehearse that feeling and that embodied aha, the more it, it wires into your brain and into your body. And now you're no longer living those old patterns. Now we have a whole new paradigm happening. And now your future is no longer as set as it was. It's something different. It is fascinating. It really is. And your book really made me stop and think. It really helped me to think about, you know, kind of my health. I, I mentioned that, you know, I had COVID and I've been having some of these long-term effects. And some of it is very similar to what my dad's energy was. And so I started thinking about it. It's like, okay, then maybe I can do that deeper work and look at the emotional aspect of it and not keep blaming it on COVID. I just want to get better. Yeah. So dad, you couldn't breathe and that was you. Yeah. I've had COVID and I'm struggling, but I can breathe. And for you who couldn't do it differently, I can. Yeah, I agree. And so I did yesterday after I started reading your book and stuff, I did take a moment and just kind of sit down and say, okay, then I need to do some inner work and really go in and start to break these feelings or thoughts or sayings or words Yes. yes. Yeah. so that I can. And so I did, I made kind of a pledge to myself. All right, I'm going to take these next several weeks. I do 21 day challenges for myself and others, but I do 
bring that in. And it is really forefront of my energy right now. I want to heal this. I don't want to keep saying this. I don't want to keep bringing it in. My younger sister was teasing me because right now I'm using a little nebulizer. You know, when I have that shortness of breath, she goes, you're just like dad, you know, a few puffs to the lip. I'm like, okay, let's, let's, let's find new words to say for sure. Absolutely. I'm using the new tech or newer technology than dad could or did. Um, what do I tell myself about these health issues? What do I say about them? What do I think about them? Where do I feel that in my body? What do I make that mean about dad? What do I make that mean about me? How do I take one step differently? Yeah. That's just my step, not dad's. And tell dad I love you deeply. And the breathing, I have to breathe for me. I can't breathe your breath. It's my breath. You're going to make me cry. I feel like there is so much truth in that. And I was saying to my partner, it's like, I've done everything. I was, I was very frustrated because I've done everything. I've changed my diet. I'm eating well. I'm, I'm taking my supplements. You know, I found this new functional doctor and I'm still right. And so I did, I sat there yesterday and I really did take that in. And, and so I hear you, I do hear you. And I hope that, you know, I hope the listeners too can understand that maybe they have been fighting with something, or maybe it is some kind of, I would say physical ailment, not just physical ailment, but that underneath that physical ailment, I know this is a principle of emotional freedom technique that I work with, like underneath that physical ailment is an unresolved emotional issue. And an unconscious loyalty. And an unconscious loyalty. Oh my goodness, that really strikes for me because I sat there and I said, okay, this is the only thing I haven't looked at in my healing and trying to get better because this has been an ongoing thing. So yeah, it definitely inspired me to take a deeper look. So I appreciate that. Yeah. I love that. So dad, it, it really, it's the unconscious loyalty to you couldn't breathe me either. No, dad, you couldn't breathe for you who couldn't. Yeah. I can. I'm doing all the right things. It may take a while. I'm getting there. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. So yeah, I'm going to keep reading your book, but definitely going to embrace that idea and keep working with that to find that new like idea, that new vision of what it is for me and see, because I said, I've tried everything else and yeah, it, it, it really is affecting many things. So I, I'm curious to see what will clear up with that. Yeah. Yes. And what can you celebrate differently? And you must celebrate the minute you take the extra steps, the extra breath, and you find that today I wasn't so tired. That's celebration time because you're creating new emotional DNA. You're saying, I could do a step extra, Dad, couldn't I did? I can take an extra breath. You may not have, I, I know how. My breath is for me. Yours was yours. Mine is for me. And I'm going to breathe differently. I get it. <laughs> I get it. Yeah. So thank you for that, for sure. And, you know, I mean, I think there are so many levels for healing. And I think this gets into a level that we don't always talk about. And I know that, I don't know, maybe about a year ago, I heard about family constellations. What's that? I'm thinking stars. I love the cosmos, right? And so I guess there is that kind of relationship. But to me, it is very fascinating. And it is a big part in what we do. And especially with the trauma work, a lot of the trauma work, like people stuff stuff down, but they don't recognize that that trauma, just because it was so long ago, they think, oh, it's long ago, it doesn't mean anything. But that is where we create so much. You know, it means something. And it probably means something from prior generations. And, you know, I work with trauma perhaps a little differently when people say, be careful of re-triggering somebody. I always say to people, stop and take a minute, just take a minute because it's the re-trigger is there as an invitation 
to do it differently, to do one step differently. Again, you don't have to do the whole thing. I worked with somebody in, in one of the events and they were really frightened. They said, what if I don't get it right? What if I don't get it right? I said, what if you get it right? And so what we did was we walked and we did the whole piece. She got about three quarters of the way through and she said, I can't. And I said, so this is where we stop for now. And she said, I told you I'd fail. And I said, stop. Have you ever gotten this far? Well, no. So I said, so, so did you fail? Oh, no, we don't, we don't fail in trauma. Trauma is such an unfair label for what's happening. Again, there are clues all the time. They're saying to us, look, 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 because the gold is always right at the same place as the so-called trauma or the limitation. It's waiting for you to simply flip over into that and see it. It's there. But we label it one thing and then it becomes heavy. And so we think we've got to struggle our way to transformation instead of elevating our way to transformation. Mm, I love that. Yeah, I love that. Looking at the clues, looking at his clues and elevating our way to transformation instead of it feeling. Yeah, yeah. It's so powerful. It really is so powerful. So tell us a little bit about your book. What, what led you to write the book? Not only do we need the information, but was there something that sparked your interest to write it? Yes, many people saying write the book. And I kept going, no, 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 no. And eventually I went, okay, I'm going to write a little ebook. And then they said, no, you're not going to do a little ebook. And it kind of mushroomed and took on a life of its own. But the biggest reason I wrote that was because in this work, so much of the time people see it as deeply mystical and only a certain kind of person can do it. And we can't all do it. And transformation is only for the chosen few. Not true. It's for those who choose it. And I really wanted a practical way for people to grab something practical and become deeply affected by it and be able to start their own journey of transformation. So it's incredibly practical and very deeply transformational and spiritual at the same time. And I wanted those two to sit together because they belong together. Yeah, they definitely belong together. Exactly. Yes, they definitely belong together. All the work I do is is really working in that kind of realm, especially the spiritual realm and looking beneath the surface. Yeah. And going deep into our soul. Yeah. And I just think it's so powerful. And again, I think I only read looking over here. I think I only read maybe even up to like the first 75 pages and already it had me really rethinking what I was going through really did. Yeah. So I think it's very valuable. And, you know, even for our listeners, I think it's, it may sound complicated, but I think this is a good way to begin if you aren't familiar with it. And this was the whole idea is it's not complicated. What I did was broke it down into its simple building blocks because it can seem super complicated. And when you're busy doing it and, and I'm busy doing a constellation, even everybody's going, Whoa, how'd you know that? How'd you? Well, it's in the book. I put it all down there in the book to show you step by step. Have a look for this. Have a look for that. Try this. Do that. So that people can start doing it for themselves. Yes, it's not an in-person constellation, but I will tell you, it's definitely going to start you down the road and you're going to get pretty far in. Wow. Yeah. What are some of the most dramatic results you've seen? Um... I will tell you one of my favorite ones was uh, an, an older lady who came in with two walking sticks, could barely walk at all. Um, very quiet. You could hardly hear what she was saying. Turned out she'd been a former law officer who'd been beaten by one of her own accidentally. 
but very severely injured. And when we took a look, we discovered that two generations before that, a great-grandmother had beaten the grandmother in front of everybody because she got pregnant, but beat her with a stick. Mm -hmm. And the stick traveled down, and the beating traveled down, and this girl could hardly say two words. And we got into it. We discovered that we, we went through this doesn't belong to you. You're holding on to those sticks as though they're yours. They're not. Can you see what she went through? Can you see where you are now? Can you see what your gift is? Because there, there is always a gift. Can you see what your gift is? Can you see that you're, you honor her by moving forward, not staying stuck? Can you see how you're growing the entire system? Can you see how you're growing you? And she, she was pretty pleased, went off. And six months later, we didn't hear from her again, six months later, in walked this young person, bounced into the room and said, here I am. And we all went, who is this? And she had dropped, I think she dropped eight dress sizes. So she was heavily overweight. Dress, so the dress sizes dropped. There was this upright person, really pretty person. Hair wasn't all scrunched over. She was bouncing around, no sticks. And she said, we don't use sticks in the family anymore. And I was like, whoa. She said, we, we now use sticks to support flowers or something that will grow. We don't wow. use those to beat people. And was like, whoa, okay. So it's literally taking your language and your interpretations and turning those around to see what they're trying to become. Because even one word or a one phrase can keep you stuck, but it's actually the springboard for who you're going to become. And that's what happened for her. Awesome. Just awesome when you see those kind of results. And I am just like so amazed. It's exciting for me because this is exactly what I do in the Akashic Records, but I'm a clairvoyant. So I see everything and I'm bringing yeah. in these images and we're putting the stories together. But the threads, the triggers, the threads are what come through. And it's just so amazing. Right. And then they have the aha moments. And then I followed up with um, the energy psychology, the tapping to help create those new pathways. But it's so fascinating. So what a great support for this kind of work, for sure. Yeah. And this is the, one of the nicest things about this work is whether it's straight medicine, whether it's deeply noetic or theosophical, it's complementary. It doesn't butt heads with anything. And I think the hallmark of this work is it judges nothing. Yeah. There is no judgment. It simply looks at who belongs where, what happened, what was the result, how's it limiting you, how's it trying to liberate you, that's it. And, and in that, people feel safe to go deep because... There is no judgment. Yeah. Yeah. I say that about working in the higher realms too. No judgment. It just is. Yeah. And I also yeah. talk too, and I think it's really important that we offer that gratitude. Thank you for showing me. This. Oh. Thank you for, yes, allowing. Yes. So, so I'm going to just, have you seen Encanto? No. It's a Disney movie. It's the new Disney movie. And, and it's really, that would be a hot tip from me to anybody. She speaks three times. She says, this is my family constellation in Encanto, and right near the end, she has a conversation with the grandmother where she acknowledges and she sees and she is grateful. And because the grandmother feels seen, of course, like in systemic work, once a, a limiting pattern is seen, it served its purpose. It's brought to light what's out of balance in the system, and now we can work to bring balance back in. And so when she sees her grandmother and acknowledges and the grandmother feels seen and 
has her place, she can hand off to the future. It's beautiful. Oh, I'm going to have to look at that. That is beautiful. Yeah. And that is a big point that we do. We take a moment of that gratitude for the knowledge, for the wisdom, and then we acknowledge, okay, we're now we're in the present life. Like, how do we go exactly. forward with that? Yeah. The interesting piece, though, is you can't move forward until you acknowledge what's been excluded or until you acknowledge the pattern that, that keeps popping up. And anyone, anyone or anything in our lives that is excluded creates a pattern that expands and repeats. So you try excluding it there, it's going to come back into the next generation and the one after, and it'll keep expanding because it's going, you need to see me. I'm important. Yeah, you have to acknowledge it. Yeah, it's very fascinating. I did a thing this year. Uh, I carry the the Hebrew name of my grandfather who lost everything in the stock market right? Back in the Great Depression. And so looking at the abundance in my life, looking the way I worked with money. And so I was doing this whole thing and there was a big story around him. And as I'm doing this work and meditating and I even went out to the cemetery to visit my dad, unbeknownst to my cousins, another cousin was researching about my grandfather. And all of this started coming up at the exact same time. Nobody knew I was doing this work for myself, but it all came forward. And as I'm acknowledging this and as I'm asking questions, what really happened, the whole story changed. The whole story of what it yes, was. Because you've seen it. Yes. And like even, even evidence that I had never seen or never known came forward. And all of my cousins had different perspectives of what they thought or what they were told. We all had different perspectives, but it was just so fascinating the way everything came together. They didn't know I was doing this. I didn't know my cousin was going and researching. This is typical. Yeah, this is very typical of the work I do. I will have people, I work with them, they go out at the break and they come back and say, my mother's just contacted me. She hasn't spoken to me for 20 years, but I want to touch on something that you touched on, which is your money DNA. So you also inherit your money DNA. So if he lost everything in the stock market, the chances are you hear things like, be careful of money, don't be penny wise and pound foolish. Um, It comes in and it goes. You save your whole life and then it's gone. And these create money patterns that cycle down to us and suddenly we wonder why are we struggling with money? There it is back there. Until somebody looks at that and goes, yeah, but I don't wanna struggle with money anymore. I really like money, it's kind of friendly. And money, by the way, is is a very powerful force it's not an inanimate object and it is not a commodity it is a relationship and your relationship with it is going to define the way that your money will show up for you or not yeah yeah that was a really big lesson wow well i will tell you that i know what you were doing but you were busy doing a constellation right there with the different pieces coming in and so what also often happens is and not in your case, but maybe grandfather was perceived as the villain. When you look at all the pieces, it's not so. It's when we get all the pieces together that we go, oh, oh, and everything begins to change. And so history changes and so does the future. Yeah, it's amazing. Well, this work is so fascinating. It really is. And I'm so I'm so grateful that you're on the show and talking about it. It really helps my knowledge. And I think for my listeners, too, because sometimes we try everything and we're not getting it. We're not getting it. And I think this could be one of those missing things that people haven't seen. Yeah, definitely. So tell us, when is the book going to be out and where can people find it? 
So book drops June 6th, but it is available for pre-order right now. You can okay. find it at all the, the big booksellers uh, online. Uh, and it's as I said, it's available for pre-order. And if they want to find out more about the, the work, what they do is go to my website. And that is judywilkins-smith.com. And there is a lot there that, that they can explore. Yeah. And I saw you had a couple of events coming up. I do. I have an event in, in July that will be the emotional DNA, which is the foundation of all of this work. And then one of my favorites, which is the Disney World event. That is November 10 through 13. I teach at Disney World in the heart of magic. And this year's one will be capability and resilience DNA because we're emerging from all sorts of things. And we've built capability and resilience and we don't know it. We haven't stopped we haven't encoded it. We haven't wired it in. We've taken it for granted, and it's a gift. That is just really amazing. How much fun to go down to Disney and do that kind of event and just really get into that kind of energy. And I agree. I think there is a lot of resilience out there that we have created and we aren't aware of it. Yeah, I think that's a good way to look at that. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and Disney allows them to work hard and then play hard and really look at a, at a man who had the capability and resilience and was not the first. Disney is not the entrepreneur. His father was. He is the second. Mickey Mouse was not the first. It was Oswald the, the Lucky Rabbit that was the first. So it's a series, again, of patterns that they get to see and enjoy. Fun. So much fun and so much great healing. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Well, what a fascinating conversation. I could just talk forever. As we come around to close the show, I always like to come back and ask the question, how do you feel that the work that you're doing can help to empower the spirit? I, I think more than anything, it's you are a remarkable life. If only you know how to see it. And this work teaches you exactly that. You are a remarkable life. Yes, yes, yes. Well, Judy, thank you so much. I, I love talking to you. Congratulations on your work. I'm excited for you to get it out there into the world. Thank you. And thank you so much for having me. This was a great, this was like a lovely conversation. Thank you. Yes, it really was. Very helpful too. So yeah, to your spirit. Namaste. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, as Judy says, every human being is born to be remarkable. Yet we are all shaped by patterns handed down by our ancestors, invisible multi-generational patterns that limit our responses to events and influence every decision of our lives, unconsciously running the show. It is time to acknowledge these patterns, choose for the transformation, offer gratitude for the information the DNA coding that shows up through your mother, father, grandfather, grandmother, great-grandparents, as far back as you need to go. And as I teach, acknowledging the imprints, finding the threads, so that you can release the patterns to create greater health and happiness in your life. Check out Judy's work and go ahead and pre-order her book. If you like this episode, please share it out with someone else who could use some inspiration and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts. Thanks again for listening. This is your host, Terry Ann Hyman. To your spirit, namaste. Don't miss out shining your light for the spring. 
Come join me in my Radiant Light Method, a 21-day challenge where I help you find your focus, your strength, and your light. Download the program and be a part of this Energy Mastery Empowered Spirit Sanctuary and get some amazing resources that come with your membership. 21 days to radiance in 21 minutes a day.